102.7 ESPN Studios in Austin, Texas. This is the Jeff Ward Show. Hey, welcome to our little show. Here's the way it works. I riff on stuff and you react. Pretty straightforward. The phone numbers, you'll need them. 512-834-1027. That's 512-834-1027. You want to follow me on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it this week, do so. It is at Jeff Ward Show. You can also post your comments there if you would like, and you should. There's a lot that I'm going to dump on you. That's at Jeff Ward Show. Get to the point. If you post comments, please don't suck. Make the show better. Also, make sure you check out the podcast. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe what just happened to me in a conversation for the podcast. It, it's oh, it's going to take on a life of its own. It could haunt me. So Akai just finished a conversation with Cecily Nobler, film critic who does a podcast about these reality shows herself. And so... You, <laughs> Part of me wants to say, please don't listen. But the other part is, she's funny, and then she's making fun of me, and then she went there. Not only did she decide that I need to be on a version of The Golden Bachelor, she now has my entire character and role all wrapped up, and she knows how to package me and get me on the show, which I never agreed to. And then she went so far as to tell everyone what kind of earrings I'm going to have. So it's uh, it's a train wreck for me. It's good listening for you. So check out the podcast. We drop the Jeff Ward Show podcast every afternoon. You can subscribe to it uh, wherever you find your podcast. Same with the YouTube channel. We post that each afternoon as well. Subscribe to it. Check it out. Oh, man. We're going here. Surely, if you haven't read about this or heard about this, your your mind's going to do the same thing mine is. So we got we got to think this one through. There is no is there a right answer? Yeah, probably. But you got to put yourself do this. Put yourself in the position. I've never worked in food service. I wouldn't last in food service. But I can't help but feel sorry for the person working at this particular Torchy's Tacos. What a terrible spot. Now, put yourself in that spot. It's easy to be judgmental and say, well, you should have kicked him out right away. Put yourself in that spot at that time in your life. You're working at a Torchy's Tacos, and it's a Sunday afternoon. Come on. Would you know what to do? Would you? It sucks. This whole thing sucks for Torchy's Tacos. They didn't, Austin-based, of course, they didn't deserve it. I, I don't know that we could say they did anything wrong. I don't know the perfect way to handle this. It sucks for them. It does. I think they've probably said and done all they can publicly in the only way that they could. The question is, though, for all of you, in this moment, in the moment you're, I'm about to describe, if you haven't heard about this already, and of course it had to happen in the state of Texas. Of course it did. Great. Um, what would you do? Put yourself in the spot of working the counter. What would you do? What should you do? There you go. How about that one? What should you do? You're some better than minimum wage 
employee working at a Torchy's Tacos, which is fantastic, by the way, in Fort Worth. Yep, had to happen in Texas. Had to happen in North Texas. Of course it did. You're working at Torchy's Tacos. You're taking orders. You got a group of idiot dudes with Nazi paraphernalia on. And I'm not stretching it. I'm not making it up. It's true. Caught on a video. Pretty much going to be national news. Yep, swastika armbands and all. You bet. What do you do in the moment when one of them walks up and says, I'm making this up, says, I'll take the number two in a large Dr. Pepper. What do you, what do, you do? You can say you're, you know, you're sitting there, you're wherever, you're going to listen to this. You know, it's easy to put ourselves in a spot now and say, well, I know what I would have done. I would have, I would have yelled at him and kicked him out. I mean, would you? Would you if, you? if that was you working the counter at that time in your life? I mean, it's not exactly what you expect when you show up to work on a Sunday afternoon, correct? There's not many handbooks for this stuff, correct? But what do you do? And yes, yes, of course, the irony of the Nazi sympathizers in a Mexican food restaurant is not lost. Yes. Uh, But stick with the questions. What do you do? Not what do you want to say that you would do to be brutally honest with yourself and the audience and everybody else. What do you do if you're in that Torchy's Tacos and this group of losers? Uh, Crazy losers. Come in wearing the stuff. Okay, it's not made up, it's real. Uh, the TikTok video out there um, of, of these idiots, um, they were, the description is they were not bothered by anybody. There was no confrontation. The woman who was interviewed, who posted the TikTok video, uh, she said that she was staring at them and one of them walked up to her and said white power or something like that. Uh, but there was no, there's no confrontation. It's, they're there, they're eating, Uh, here's the way it plays out. Just keep asking yourself, what do you do? And if this is your business, what exactly do you do and say? Uh, Can I step in and, and and make it all very uncomfortable? Look, you have a right to wear this stuff. You have a right to be an idiot. You have a right to... You do have a right to be an idiot. Now, there is going to be an argument here, and I think it's a decent argument that says, wait a minute, is this not the same thing wearing the swastika armband in some crowded restaurant? Is that not the same thing as screaming fire in a movie theater? Some could make that argument. And I'm fine having the argument because I don't know that there's a right answer today. But that's not the only issue here. The issue would be what exactly... Would you do as the employee, what exactly do you do as the manager in the moment? And then after the fact, which I think they've handled really well. I do. Um, Now, I've never worked in food service. You have a right to refuse service. Absolutely. I mean, in in a thinking moment, I'd refuse service. No, thanks. You're not welcome. You're not welcome. But they ate there, and they ate there and sat there. Fort Worth Star-Telegram, a group dressed in Nazi clothing, put anti-Semitic material on scores of cars at Fort Worth Botanic Garden. The same day, people wearing similar paraphernalia were videoed eating at a Torchy's Tacos. God, this sucks for them. 
Right? I bet you they're just saying, could it not have been anywhere else? Could it not have been any other restaurant? You lunatics. A video of the group eating in Torchies went viral after it was posted. Uh, the group was eating inside the Torchies in Fort Worth's medical district. Uh, in the TikTok video, one man in the group can be seen wearing a swastika armband, armband over a tan uniform. Another in the group can be seen wearing a sweatshirt with the image of a skull on it and the slogan, God with us. Uh, the video is show, also shows a swastika patch on that man's backpack. <sighs> yep, had to happen here, didn't it? Uh, the woman who posted the Torchies video told the Fort Worth Star-Telegram the group of about 10 people is already sitting down and finished eating when she walked in. Um, she said she was uncomfortable. She said she was eating with her mom. She said she was staring at one of the men in the group talking about them with her mom. Then one of the men in the group walked, uh, walked by, she is Jewish, by the way, and said white power, which ticked off a verb, which tick, kicked off a verbal altercation. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, again, what do you do? You work there, what do you do? Um, an employee she talked to, this is what's reported, said the employee indicated that the restaurant had called a regional manager who had instructed staff to serve the group and then get them out of the restaurant as quickly as possible. I mean, I got to... I can't give somebody props for even thinking in the moment enough to call your boss. That's pretty good thinking. Now, I, would you serve them? Then what? Then what? I know we, I know we all want to, what we want to say, but if you put yourself in that moment, in that awkward, terrible, um, you know, because, I mean, look... You work in food service. Your first indication probably is to drop a few F-bombs on them and then, uh, you know, want to fight. But you're probably thinking, I need the job. I want the job. I don't know what I'm supposed to do in that moment. So then the, reportedly, they were told to get them out. Uh, here's a statement from the restaurant, which is very successful. If you live in Austin, you know that. Let us be clear. We do not stand for hate and do not support this group or any hate group. In a difficult situation, our team acted first to ensure the safety of the other guests and our team members. The statement also said that Torchies will work with local authorities and is taking the matter extremely seriously. The statement ended, I thought this was brilliant by Torchies, the statement ended with expletive hate, end quote. The woman said that someone at Torchy's headquarters called her and said they would be retraining staff on how to deal with situations like this. That sucks for them, too. I mean, what a day, right? What a day. You just want to go work at Torchy's, and next thing you know, you got to be talking about this. Um, yep, happened in Fort Worth. Yep, it's on video. <sighs> what would you have done? I mean, look. Your boss doesn't want you to fight. Your boss doesn't want to, you know, I mean, your boss doesn't want you to get into an altercation. Uh, the boss said, we want him out of here as quickly as possible. Exactly how do you pull that off? They ended up leaving. Um, it's all just a bad look. Man, that sucks for them. It's amazing if you're saying, well, wait a minute, the video, is anybody else confronting them? They did not, no. Even the woman that's in the story who's quoted and all that stuff, which is kind of scary by itself. You know what? 
Um, but she said, I want to be out there. I want, I want my name attached to this. I, I want to be a part of the story. I, I, I don't want to let it go. And she's doing that. I mean, she's pushing it. But nobody confronted them in the restaurant at the time. And you can decide what you think about that, too. I, I'm sure it was incredibly awkward for everyone. But then again, would you have been mad enough to go get in somebody's face? The guy on the way out reportedly did. He said something to her. So, what a messed up, messed up story with knuckleheaded idiots, and it sucks for Torchies. I don't know that they could have answered publicly any better than they did. You know what? I mean, they got in front of it as quickly as they could. They met it as quickly as they could. Um, you know, the only you know, now people all around the country are going to be talking about this. What would you do in the moment? Um, I think they, after the fact, I don't know what the right answer is in the moment, except most of us probably would say, you know, it's on and, and uh, get in their face. I don't know what good that would do. But you got to give them props for as soon as this thing, they found out about it, give the employee props for calling their boss. They issued a statement, and it followed up several times. It just sucks for that business. And a successful, well-run business, too. That sucks for you. And this day and age, you know, it used to be that it would just be a discussion, right? We would just read about it and talk about it. Now, of course, like everything in life, for better or worse, I think in this case better, there's video. There's video to watch these idiots walk around. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. All right, way to go, Smoker Voice. Uh, 512-834-1027 on Twitter or X or whatever we call it this week. It is at Jeff Ward Show. So it's come to this. Um, a lot of you, I don't think fans of college football, the whole name, image, and likeness thing, one, it doesn't mean a whole lot to you because you want to, you just want to see the game, right? So the back, the back end of that sport means nothing to you. I don't know that it should. So I don't know that fans care. But this is exactly, exactly what I've been saying since this thing was created and launched out of, and it has been incredibly stretched. Name, image, and likeness started with a legitimate legal case and a legitimate legal outcome of which has been twisted and turned into nothing more than a slush fund. The original case that started this whole name, image, and likeness thing worked its way through the court system for a number of years. It was a basketball player at UCLA named Ed O'Bannon. He and a lawyer rightly thought, man, that's not cool that the video games whatever the game, college basketball game there was, they can't use me in the video and I don't get paid for it. That doesn't seem right. And so he fought and fought and fought and eventually won. So that's where this started. Where it ends is ridiculous, pathetic, and stupid, and it's going to eat them alive. I've been saying this from the very beginning, um, and now you're starting to hear it. So it went from, well, gosh, the legal case says these guys can make money. These men and women can make money. What's wrong with that? Nothing's wrong with that. But you're faking it to say that they're in some sort of marketing 
strategy. You're faking it, making things up to say that this is some sort of righteous compensation for a job well done. They're not even employees. It's a slush fund, and it's going to eat the business alive. I also pointed out not long ago the first time that Nick Saban said this is the wrong way to go about it. I remember even as a player, I said it on this committee and I said, you know, if you really want to create a construct that was, that was fair is that players should get a revenue share, just like the NFL. That seems manageable. That seems clear across the board. Saban, less than six months ago, said this is a really bad idea that's going to get out of control. He's the only one coach with power. He opened the door to other coaches to speak out. But Saban said we should have a revenue share. The industry is so greedy and so slimy that they couldn't even have enough leadership to save themselves. And now you're hearing coaches get really worried. Now, if you're a fan of Texas, you don't care. You're the richest there is. This means nothing to you. You're not about to go, oh, we want to share revenue now? Sure. I'm not talking about handouts. I'm talking about revenue earned. TV money, merchandising money, you know, money that's really earned. I just handed to somebody. So now what you have is you have college coaches, in particular college football coaches, who are starting to sound like political candidates begging for money. That's really what it's come to. They are begging for money. Any chance they get, they're begging for money. They're begging for donations. They're not begging for an advertising deal. They're not begging for business and enterprise. They're begging for handouts so they can keep up with the rich guys. Saban was right. Saban was worried that Southern schools where there's no giant economic base, there's no giant wealthy alumni base, they're not USC, they're not Texas with all the money. And they're now worried. And they're now saying it. So this is what I've been predicting for some time. I don't think this coach, in my opinion, you can decide for yourself, I don't think this coach did anything wrong. I mean, this is where he is. you got to beg for money. You're begging for money now for players to just hand it to them. I don't think he's disrespectful. Uh, I don't think it was a cheap shot at all at Georgia. He owned the reality. In fact, uh, Kirby Smart, the head coach at Georgia, I think he acknowledged it. This is the head coach at Kentucky, Mark Stoops. Yep, related to Bob Stoops. He's done a very good job at Kentucky. They got their ass handed to them by Georgia. The other side, if you want to do that, it's blame, complain, deny, or make excuses. And we're not going to do that. You know, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, fans have that right. I, I give it to them. It, you know, I just encourage them to donate more because that's what those teams are doing. And, and, uh, and uh, I can promise you in Georgia, they, they bought some pretty good players. You're allowed to these days. And uh, we could use some help. That's what they look like, you know what I mean, when you have 85 of them. So, so uh, I encourage uh, anybody that's disgruntled to, to pony up some more. Davis, uh, I'll... How about you know, that? The, the... Now, it started a whole thing where people are reacting, and you're a jackass if you don't, if you don't at least sympathize with what the guy is saying. 
You're a jackass. This is exactly what I said this whole thing would turn into. It's not. This is not a competitive environment. This is not. <laughs> this is not healthy at all. It's not healthy at all. It's not. It's not an endorsement deal. It's not. It's just go get some money and give it to someone. Give it to the best players you can. Now, I know what people are going to say. Well, gosh, what's the problem with that? If you were 19, you'd take it too. Well, of course they're going to take it. It's exactly what the guy's saying. It's exactly what he's saying. Yeah, they're going to take it. We don't have it. So please, please donate now. Give them give some money. Walk up and hand them a, a sack of cash. It's so funny to think about, and this is, this is what I've also have complained about. Uh, there's no hope turning back. The industry will kill itself. It's going to kill itself. If you're a Texas fan, that's cool. If you're, if you're USC, you're A&M, you're Michigan, maybe a few others, where you've got a big base that would, would, would gladly hand the money over. But notice whether they don't do this in the NFL, right? You would say those owners in the NFL are the greediest people on the planet. Now, they're the most powerful people on the planet. Are they the greediest? Yes and no. So you know what they did? They created a model of revenue sharing. They created a model where they have merchandise that they share. They created a model because they knew to be successful, they needed the game to be as entertaining as possible for the TV networks and the platforms to want to televise it. So they need the product to be the best that it can be so then they can get rich. College football is finding a way to create as much disparity as humanly possible so the product sucks. So the coach of Kentucky, all he's saying is, listen, if you're on, if you're on our case for getting our butt handed to us, I get it. That's cool. We, we got smoked. You know why we got smoked? Because we don't have any money to pay the guys like they do. And he's right. He's exactly right. You can see it coming. Saban, Saban said this a long time ago. Now, these coaches, and I think you're going to hear more and more of this. I don't think fans are going to like it because they're getting, you know, coaches are getting rich. But I don't think fans are going to like it. I think you're going to write them off. And what is the reality is no one's going to fix this. They should have revenue sharing. Okay? If you want to create a bonus system at your own school, create it. But what you have now is no metric. You know, in the NFL, you have a contract based on incentives. In the NFL, you have a contract based on where you're drafted. In the NFL, you get a percentage of gross designated revenues. You're in the business to generate money, and the more money you generate, the better that you do. There's no metric set up for this. It is seriously just a handout. And any one of you, if you worked in an office, would say, wait a minute. Now, if I sell X number of widgets, I should get paid X amount. Not just walk over there and hand her a sack of cash. That's what college football is. And that's what he's saying. And the blowback to him, I think, is absurd. I think it's absurd. Now, is he kind of a bumpkin and didn't say it correctly? Yes, true. What he meant to say, and he's right. Hey, we got our ass kicked. The fans are on me about it. I get it. We're doing the best we can. But if I were to be honest with you... I'm not able to get those guys because I can't pay them. Saban, and I think it's already starting to show. I do. 
Nick Saban said it was the first guy out to say this is a really bad model. And what he really wanted to say that I've said a million times is those southern schools that are in a bay where people love college football, where it's NASCAR to them, they don't have an economic base. And the decision-making is going to be down to a 19-year-old, and any one of us would have done the same, hey, how much cash can you give me? Not how many ads can I do or how many yards per carry I can get. How much cash can you give me and my dad and my granddad and my mom and anyone else? And the coach at Kentucky is saying, the guy that keeps running over our players, they paid him more money than we can pay him. That's the new model. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. Way to go, Smoker Voice, on Twitter or X or whatever we call it this week. Um, <laughs> Cecily Nobler on the podcast tells a pretty amazing story about Elon Musk and getting involved, <laughs> getting involved in Aquaman 2. This is just a bizarre story. I mean, look, you know it's going to be bizarre when you mix Elon Musk and Amber Heard together. It's starting off like a bad country song. So they used to date. Or maybe still do. I don't know. She explains it. So she says that he stepped in or had his lawyer step in and threaten the production company, this is what's reported, that they need to include her in Aquaman 2. I guess she had been written out of the script. I I assume so. And so, like, you can start there and imagine the circus after that. But, yeah, apparently they used to date. Oh, boy, on Twitter, here we go. At Jeff Horcho. Wow, I'm so glad I can meet some of my family values buddies at Torchies. Thanks for the foodie tip, Jeff. Sincerely, Dan Patrick and my Defend Texas Liberty buddies. Oof. Oh, oh, yeah, man, I hate that for torchies. Golly, it's like you're going, life's good, business is successful, and these idiots show up. No fault of your own. At Jeff Ford Show, Jeff, is it reported on what the racist group ordered? On the menu, torchies offers tacos named the Democrat, the Republican, and last but not least, the trailer park. Ask any important questions. <laughs> insert your joke wherever you would like everyone go ahead don't you feel sorry for that employee oh my gosh free beer for you man that is you get home your apartment your roommate says what's wrong with you today well what do you mean it's wrong with me today i had a group of nazi sympathizers at my counter that's what's wrong with me today what do you do me kick them out there could be I don't know. Would, would the person have been fired had they bowed up and got in their face? Probably. I, I'm going to commend Torchies for just quickly, quickly answering. Do not listen to everyone out there. Do not hide under your desk. Don't do it. Don't do it. Get in front. Meet it. Uh, great business person, Roy Spence, uh, ran incredibly successful advertising agency. Started it with a group of college buddies called GSD&M, and you know, he, he's told this story. You know, he tells a great story about 
Walmart was one of their first, maybe their second client. Southwest Airlines was one. Walmart was another. He tells he tells incredible stories about meeting with Sam Walton. And, you know, I asked him one time, I said, the, what kind of business lessons did you learn? And he just goes through this laundry list of business lessons. But he tells a story, you know, about, about not hiding under your desk, about being a CEO and having to meet the controversy head on. And so there was a story about somewhere along the way, Gulf War II kind of thing. Um, early on in the invasion, we go into Iraq and Afghanistan. Of course, it was met with controversy. There's, you know, there was the whole, the, the popular thing was drape yourself at a flag and say it's the right thing to do. But there's plenty of people that thought it was the wrong thing to do and we're protesting. I don't think we protest enough in this country, but that's my opinion. And so they found out that GSD&M, one of their clients was, I think it was the Air Force, but I'm not sure which branch of the military. So they decide, people decide, we're going to protest out, out front of GSD&M. Spence, doing the right thing as a CEO, gets a megaphone, goes out front, and invites them in to talk to them. Just listen to them. Meet it head on. Do not hide under your desk. Torchies went right there. Simple response. Clear response. Own it. Own it. Own it. Meet it and own it. I don't know what else they could have done. What would you have done? What would you have done if you're at that counter? I know what you'd say you'd like to do, but honestly, what you, would you have done? Would you have served them food? Can't imagine what's in the food. <laughs> imagine... <laughs> You think the staff probably enjoyed making those tacos for those uh, those nut jobs? All right, phone numbers, 512-834-1027. That's 512-834-1027. At Jeff Ward Show, leave Mike one more year at the Cowboys. He's talking about mumbling Mike. Tank, hire Deion Sanders, draft his son as QB, and tell Dak to kick rocks. The only solution for the Cowboys. Um, no. Now, let's talk about Mumbling Mike for just a second. I think Mumbling Mike is in a tenuous spot. I think the Cowboys are in a tenuous spot. Uh, I think Mumbling Mike's going to get fired. Uh, not right now. Now, if, if they go sideways in a hurry, they lose to L.A. this weekend, for example, and just start spinning out of control and losing a few more games, Mumbling Mike may not make it to Christmas. Dallas, who's good enough, will be a playoff team. Still a good team. I know it's crazy to hear it. Um, Mumbling Mike, in my opinion, loses his job, should lose his job, if Dallas is anything lower than a four seed. And they are going to be a four seed. They're not going to be a four seed. Okay? That's not going to happen. So I think Mumbling Mike's going to lose his job, and he probably should. It's just the way it is. Um... Too many games behind now. Uh, the beatdown was too much. They're now going to have to sweep Philadelphia to, to chase that four seed. So I, I think anything less than a four seed, you probably deserve to lose your job. And so I think that's going to happen. Jerry Jones would not hire Deion Sanders. Would Deion Sanders even take it? I don't know. I don't think Deion Sanders would be a great fit for the NFL. And I don't think he'd be a great fit for the Cowboys. So, yeah, I think Mumbling Mike gets fired end of the year, probably 
most likely, middle of the year, possibly, just depending on a few losses. And if if on Monday we're chatting about the Chargers lighting up that Dallas defense, Mumbling Mike is starting to get in trouble in a hurry. Uh, replaced by whom? I don't know yet. Dan Quinn, probably the defensive coordinator. So, yeah, I think Mumbling Mike gets fired. He's not going to be replaced by Deion Sanders, no. Uh, he'll be replaced by another assistant coach, and that's just the way Jerry Jones operates. So right now, given the fact that he was blasted by San Francisco, they've lost two NFC games now. They'd have to sweep Philadelphia to have a chance to get the four seed, which they're not. Uh, yeah, the Mike mumbling Mike is on a path to get fired. The only question is, does it happen after the season, or does the, do the Cowboys slip up enough that he gets whacked midseason and replaced by an assistant coach? Make sure you check out the Jeff Ward Show podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.